I think a part of me is afraid of being sick. 19th of September, right? It's the 18th, today it's the 18th. Been here for 15 days, I think. And lovely time, lovely everything. It's gotten a little colder last night and since this morning, I woke up really cold and I wanted to stay in bed because I was cold. Stayed in bed like two hours more than I think I would have wanted to. But to, there's something so beautiful about this in front of me, lake, water, flat, so level. And just, you know, how water, when there's wind, it's moving. So it's completely straight, but it has all these ups and downs in it. Um, I think there's something beautiful about waking up a bit earlier than you usually do. And in that moment of sleepiness, there is a pure focus. There's, there's a single, single mindedness in that. That's what I've experienced. I got up at 7.30 to go pee because my bladder was full. I peed. I'm staying at two levels. So the bed is, uh, a flight of stairs up. And then at the bottom, there's the kitchen, um, but so there's kitchen, ground level on a wooden platform. You go upstairs and then it's winding stairs and you, you're at, um, there's a sofa, L-shaped, and then there's another normal sofa, one seat. There's a bathroom, there's a place where you can heat water and make tea. And then if you go upstairs, the door is right in front of the door actually you used to enter the place. The treehouse is all windows, and the windows are towards the sun, so when the sun shines at 8 in the morning, it's shining through to my face. So I got up 7.30, cloudy, cold day. I went into the bathroom, peed, thought about life, considered not washing my hands, uh, got out of the door, and then I was like, Khaled, do you wash your hands? And I went back, washed my hands, and then came back up. Went back to sleep for another two hours and got up at like 10.30. So that's three hours, you know? But like, I couldn't help go through my day thinking, imagine I meditated when I woke up at 7.30. I peed. Even if it were cold, just accepted the fact that it was cold. It's not going to kill me. It's not going to take me anywhere. It's front. Uh put my hand under some cold water, opened the shower, just got a little wet, sat down and breathed deeply, you know, felt the breath, held it, just felt that taste of that morning breath, and then wrote down some thoughts, and then nothing. Why do I have to make it seem like there's such a big hurdle I have to go across to feel awake? just that taste and process you go through. Um, but there is also this issue of, of uh, the girl that I was talking to the last three months, ever since I've met her in Greece, Georgia. Uh, we had a conversation. I wanted to invite her here. And um, at the beginning, she was really looking forward to it and everything. And then we had a phone call um, the other day. She told me that she wouldn't come. But I, I was just like, come on, book, you know. Uh, be spontaneous. Then we talked, and I was listening to her reasons, and I heard her reasons, and I was like, okay, fine. And I accepted it. And then I was just trying to understand. But then she got into, like, this really defensive, weird thing and started, like, uh, repeating very quickly and frequently the same things over and over again, as if uh, she thought I was to convince her. And I told her, flat out, I'm not trying to convince you to come. I'm trying to understand you more and your reasoning and everything. Uh, but she still repeated the same stuff and the same things. So for me, that like pissed me off, you know. So then I told my message like, yo, the conversation yesterday pissed me off a bit. Uh, I was thinking maybe coming, seeing you in Amsterdam, if you're not coming here. Uh, do these dates suit you and would you host me? 
So then she's like slightly pissed. Uh, I don't think that my reasoning, uh, like, like essentially what she was saying is that I don't get to be pissed, you know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm just telling you how I feel and I was pissed about these reasons. I'm not too attached to them. But yeah, you know, and then she got all like rapid fire shooting at me, uh, machine gun. And I was just like, you know what? I don't want to deal with this, to be honest. Like I disconnected for a reason and I hold the choice to connect or disconnect, you know? This goes to the topic now to not now that I'm here so far away from everything. Uh, it's me who really decides what to connect with, you know. I can still check my email every day. I can still text everyone, uh, but I'm texting way less. And I think that's there's an issue because I came back into the pattern where uh, two days I messaged some people on WhatsApp. There's some things I took acid, and acid makes you like hyper reflective. At least me, I thought about a lot of things. And then felt like I wanted to message my mom, sister, because, you know, everyone's going all through all of these things. And then I feel like a part of me has to be supportive, a part of me has to heal, a part of me has to care for all of these others, other people's emotions as if I had to water them or as if I had any obligation towards how they feel and how they process and how I think I need to make them process things a certain way because I think I process those things a certain way. It's all nonsense now that I think about it. You know, anyone who genuinely loves you and they're their own person, uh, whatever anyone's thoughts are, uh, they usually do forget them and move on towards the next thing that they feel about you. You know, it's always like that. Like right now, I was really excited to see Georgia, for example. And now, like after this, I'm like, you know what? I, I know that I somewhat overplayed it in my head the first month after meeting her. I thought about it a lot, you know, uh, and then s thought about it much less. Now I barely think about it, and now I'm very okay with not seeing her, you know. I can be very okay with not seeing her again in my life. It's fine. Uh, and it's like this most recent development of emotion is what you end up uh, leaving in the forefront of, of your thoughts when you make a decision with anything, really. Um, so I shouldn't be so attached to thinking I need to be maintaining that emotion across different stages to get it to somewhere because you're never getting it anywhere. And it's only what it is at, at that point when it's it's there. I love you. I'll always love you. So I messaged my mom. I messaged my sister. And I was like, why? You know, I made this promise not to talk to them or anything for a month. They understood. They already knew. But they're also going through tough stuff with my dad. My dad's a very difficult person. I have my emotions about that too, where I'm like, I respect that he functioned as a father, you know, he did uh, the minimum. But as a person, values, all of that, I think he's shit. I think he's a fucking... Uh, what do I have to... Why do I have to keep attaching to this, you know? Why do I have to keep thinking? Just because he shows some kind of he has a special kind of love a special kind of worry and, and genuineness but his his thought process is 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 like for years uh he, he doesn't want to question it he doesn't want to refine it he doesn't want to and he's given up and it's just a lot of things i don't respect it's a lot of things my my sisters and brother don't respect but they're just i guess more mature or more attached to him because you know, they've lived with him longer, they've known him more, they've suffered from him more. And somehow, from their hearts, they seem to be able to summon more love for him. Even though, like, I'm the youngest child, I had a very unique relationship to my dad compared to all of them. Uh, where I was really, like, in love with him, you know? I was really always excited to see him, always excited to uh, talk to him, always... Uh, looking forward to doing something with him. We talked a lot. I always had him on the phone available to talk to, and we talked and we'd talk and we'd talk. And I would, uh, the more I talked, the more he'd listen. I always, I was always feeling lonely. I was always, 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 always feeling lonely. I always, always, always had my dad to pick up the phone and, and answer, even if my, my sisters very often don't answer, my, very often my mom doesn't answer, very often friends don't answer. 
and my dad, he always, he's there and he answers. Sure, there's lack of anything better for him, you know, to do. He's watching TV and sitting on a couch. But, like, from my brother and sister's perspective, it's like you can't blame him so much for reaching the state that he's in. He lived the life that he's lived. He learned the habits he learned, and he didn't learn how to change them. And that's it, you know, and he's a product of whatever he's been through, and it's a, it's a shame not to love him, at least us. And I went and I tried to love him and everything, but there's just things that I hated, you know. There's just so much hate from you, and it's not really hate, it's suffering, and it's an excuse to bring out that energy, because all your life you've been so used to bringing out this particular kind of energy and that's what you kept on bringing out and bringing out and bringing out over and over and over and over and over again and now that's all you bring out you know and it's not nice to watch and i'm not just gonna sit there and hear you curse all these people even though like i know that there's no reason to attach but it's so hard being around that energy and not just being like drinking it in and soaking it in and wanting to scream or shout shout at anyone you know or anything it's it's horrible uh you can't keep blaming yourself right you're human he's human i just feel like if he dies soon i'm unresolved you know that's how i feel it's unresolved with me i don't talk to him now um i feel like if i do talk to him there's nothing to talk about uh, there's only uh, the same stories that are happening, and he's always going to give me the advice that he thinks he needs to give, and it's advice he would never in his life follow. You know, I don't know if, if any of you listened to those uh, last conversations I had with my dad. Um, he's telling me to write things down and then uh, plan long term. And it's like, Dad, you never in your life like wrote a thing down. I remember once my dad was telling me, oh, they used to teach us this breathing exercise, this meditation exercise, uh, where you breathe for 10 minutes and you don't think about anything. And I'm like, uh, and he's telling me it as if it's the solution to everything. and He loves it. I'm like, when's the last time you did this? He's like, I don't remember, maybe 30 years ago. And I'm like, you know... You can't just keep telling me things that you never do, you know? It's like... And if you believe in it so much, like he's always telling me to pray, he never prays. He always, he always has these high, super high ideals, super incredible proud, pride. He's like so proud. And it's like, he's, he's like, you know, what are you, what are you really proud about, man? You know, like, how are you still proud? How can you be wrong all the time? And be more wrong on purpose when you're wrong, and then never admit that you're wrong and everyone else is wrong. Uh, you're dealing with this type of narcissism, you know, as a person, I'm talking, referring to myself, and then you're still trying to rationalize it because it's your parents and you feel so attached, you know, half my genetics all my life. This person, once he's gone, he's gone. Uh, how do I heal? How do I heal him? all of this stuff, and it's just like, this guy, he's never intended to heal himself, he he was convinced, of, like, six years ago, very strongly, uh, that he just should do minimum, just so that he doesn't fuck anything, anything up, you know, it's like, he's traumatized, really, and he doesn't want to ever approach it, or anything like that, and it's just something, like, really eating away at me. Anyways, I, I'm feeling all this stuff, you know, family, you distance yourself from somewhere. And no matter how much you distance yourself from anywhere, you're always, uh, you're still a product of your mind and body. You're still in the box of your mind and body. So even if I go anywhere, it's still like these things in me. There's still like these, these noises in me telling myself, oh, I just want to focus on my novel 100% and nothing else. That's just not physically possible. When I wake up, okay, I don't check my messages. I don't uh, talk to people so much. I spoke to Johannes at the come down of my ass trip. Then I spoke to Georgia. And those were, like, at least with Johannes, that was a really nice conversation, even with Georgia. Um, 
but generally um, reading things that relate to writing. I'm reading things that I think relate to the story I'm writing. And then uh, even an audiobook story that I think just gives me that vibe of the same kind of writing. And um, I wake up, I meditate, I try to take walks. I haven't been taking so many walks. There's just not such nice places to, to walk, really. Um, right now I'm at the deck, the dock, the edge of it, walking back and forth next to the lake, which isn't the worst thing in the world. And I want to, I, I always look outside the window and see this place and think, I want to be here more often, you know. I should technically be here for two more weeks. And uh, I think on last Tuesday, today, Saturday, on Tuesday, I woke up early at 8.30, meditated. I did a, I had a phone call with uh, my HR manager from my previous company. And then I had a tea, I worked out. But while waiting to have a phone call with her, I she she was like really late. So I went on, I was checking my email because I could check my email on Monday, but I checked my email on Tuesday because I thought maybe she emailed me to say that she's late. And I saw this email from this job application thingy uh, app that you can apply to jobs through. I downloaded the app again. I accepted the job uh, offer thingy and then someone messaged me and she wanted to have an interview that day at 11. I told her, no, let's speak at 11.30, please, and then in German. We did a solid 30-minute workout and then at 11.30 we spoke for like half an hour. She told me about the position, seems like a really nice position. And then she's like, when, when can you meet? I'm like, uh... I can meet not this Thursday, next Thursday on the 23rd. So today is Saturday. I would meet with them on Thursday. So I told her, told her that. Uh, she's like, awesome. She seemed like really excited to get to know me because they want to see me in person because it's an event management company. They want to see how you deal with people in person. And I got that. And then I was thinking, okay, shit, now I'm not staying here for two weeks. I'm staying here for less than a week. Um, I'm going to have to leave and go to Berlin. I have to buy some shirts, some shoes, and then continue writing from there. I can do that. It's not a problem. Uh, next day, I took, I did the acid trip on Wednesday. I sent her a message and told her, listen, can we please actually postpone it to 6th or 7th uh, or 5th or 6th? I think 6th or 7th, I said. But anyways, one of those dates. Can we do it then? Uh I would be really thankful for it. I didn't mention because I'm somewhere for a month, I'm trying to finish a novel or anything. I wrote that in and then I took it out. I was like, in the phone call that I had with her, I mentioned actually that I left my job to take a month off to write the, the book and everything. But I thought, you know, the less you say, usually the better, you know, really. Like, while well, I built ideas in people's heads. Um, I don't know if she answered. Um, but then I just thought about it, and I was like, wow, I came here for this story. I'm writing for this story, right? And every day, like today, I woke up at 10.30, sure, I did my meditation. I sat down for a bit. I don't remember what I, what I did for, for that you know, period of time. And then I, uh, I just meditated, I sat did a really full course, breathing 15 minutes and then meditation 10 minutes. And then, don't know what else. I had coffee from yesterday. I sat down, I, I drank it. And I thought, yeah, maybe I'll do a workout or some shit. But when I drank it, I just had this inclination to open the laptop and start writing. So I just let myself do that. And I wrote for... Uh, almost 3,300 words uh, scene that I had in my mind. And, you know, a lot of writers would tell you they don't know how to write 500 words a day or 1,000 or 2,000 on a really good day, you know. And I would just throw, within an hour and 20 minutes, I threw in 3,300 words, you know, of a part of the story I really think that I want in the story, you know. It's, like, really reasonable. And yesterday... For example, I sat down, I, I had this, I had these feelings 
of a scene that I wanted to to write, you know, and the scene was eating away at me in a way. Um, and when I had like Georgia rapid firing text at me, like she's a logical, rational person, very honest, and I really, really appreciate that. Uh, I really do, you know. And uh, she just, I felt like, whoa, I'm disconnected. I got to reserve the right of replying or not replying to anyone. So I just let go of that and then used that sort of tension that I felt from her. And I just opened the notebook and I started writing. But I didn't start writing a scene like with that feeling like, oh, what I'm going to write right now is going to be in the final version of the book. Because that just puts so much responsibility and weight on the thing that you're writing. And then you don't know how to do it. Thunder. Yeah, I didn't hear the thunder. I don't know if noise counseling kills it. Uh, but I saw lightning. So I didn't write it in that way because like, I, I had it in my mind that way. And every time you have it in your mind that way, it's so hard to approach the paper. You know, it's so hard to... You have it in you and you're trying to bring yourself to the paper as if you're the earth orbiting around the sun, but you're never getting closer, you know? And then you realize from this, from the earth, it's like you're always looking at the sun. The sun is always there, you know? So I opened up with the tension of now I'm not answering her and there's a lot of energy there and I feel like tense and I wrote down Predo which is a character in the story, in the book. And I just wrote who this character is from a first-person perspective. And I continued, and that was like one page into the second page. And something he did, something he said, something someone else said, and the other cousin, and then it went into conversation, and it went into more descriptions of more characters and more questions and more answers and more writing. And I wrote... I don't know, 10 pages, 10, uh, 10, 9 pages of that. And then I continued, you know, and uh, I'm not sure if that's the same night. I think that was the acid night. I think that was uh, the night I took acid, actually. Uh, was after George's conversation. I sent George that message the next day and I had another writing session again that happened the day after. But this one uh, was after the acid trip, actually, on Wednesday night. Then it became three in the morning at some point. I wasn't asleep, even though like, I'm usually sleeping at 11. I'm trying to maintain that, but I'm not maintaining it every day. And then I wrote from 3.40 till 5.40, all these uh, scenes of these characters and everything. And then the next day with the texting stuff, I wrote down mom, you know, and I started writing about my mom as if I were the character. And then I wrote one, two, three, four, I think five pages. I went downstairs. I wrote some more. I started putting the time, uh, of when I write the scenes down and the dates. So I know when I wrote them, how long ago, stuff like that, uh, how how long I sat down to write these pages, you know. Uh, so I sat down and, you know, just used that tension. I wrote all that stuff. I didn't write it as if, oh, this is going to be in the book right now. I wrote it as in, this is something that's there that I need to understand, that I need to explore. And there's no other way for me to explore it other than sitting down and, like, writing it through from the perspective of a soul, of a, a character, of someone, you know. And that's what happened, you know, and all these things started coming and making sense. And they were all like really beautiful, you know, and I really appreciated it and I really liked it. And I found it like very, very humbling even because I wasn't like just throwing the scene in and then feeling like I don't know what to do with the scene because I don't have the context behind it or like how it happened and what's happened. No, I had all of these, uh, all of this motivation, all of this background stuff, all of these things that I understand from the character himself. 
and then that evolved into I stopped writing at like 5.30 in the morning when the sun started coming up. I was like, maybe it's smart if I sleep. I slept till, I don't know, 10, 12, maybe 12. Woke up, I wanted to then... Um, I wasn't writing about the mom then. I was writing about the cousins, and then I wanted to write about the, the mom, really. And then I sat down. I wanted to write about the mom. I didn't know how. I started doing other things. I don't know how it got to 5 p.m. Uh, I took a nap at 3. I woke up at 12. I took a nap at 3. I woke up at 5. And then I was like, shit, still, I didn't write what I wanted to write. I wrote some other stuff, added it to some other scenes maybe, or read some stuff, I don't know. And then the day continued and everything. And then later at night, I had that started writing, you know. And I wrote like six, seven pages uh, mom stuff. And then from that, from what I understood from that, there came in so much that I then continued writing into some other areas of the character I didn't even know were there, you know? And it was all, like, really beautiful, I think. You take that and you hone it, and then you have yourself a really, really well-told story. You understand where it came from. One thing I did that really, really helped me was, uh, I think, I think it was uh, Thursday night after I wrote that uh, mom stuff, I I sat down with a notebook I have upstairs at the bed at this upper level and there's like this really low table next to the bed. I sat down and I was like, there's a lot in the story that I don't know where, where it should go, what should happen, I'm confused about. So I just started writing this down. This, 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 I am confused about these things. One, when this happens, should it happen like this? Two, what happens there? Three, is this scene rushed? Four, blah, 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 blah. I wrote it all down of what I think about all of these things because they're all here and I'm always every day thinking. I open the document and I'm like, this part, uh, this part, uh, this part. I'm jumping back and forth from chapters thinking like how chapter three, oh, but chapter six, right, there was this thing in chapter 12 that referenced something in chapter one, and, and you just, you know, your brain goes haywire, you're not going anywhere with any of your thoughts, you're just becoming aware of them again, hoping that you'll solve them all of a sudden at some point, you know, which happens to me quite often, I think, oh, maybe if I keep doing this, just keep looking at it, uh, Maybe when I go to sleep or when I go to walk or when I have a shower, then something different might happen, you know, and I see it differently. But there's also being able to look at one thing, uh, really, really cut into it, dissect it, zoom into it and see it for its own self and then see how you can do different or really zoom out from the whole or really. Anyways, it's just methods. But I see now, like this, what I've done the last two days of just sitting down without thinking I need to write out a scene, but rather I need to write out the feelings and the emotions and explore them just as they are. And if something would fit into the story, great. If it doesn't, then... Because so far, I've just been sitting down thinking, oh, just write, and then writing whatever. A lot of half my notes, maybe, not oh, half, maybe 30%. A good deal of my notes, some of them repeated scenes that just pissed me off that I tried to repeat them so much. I don't know why I didn't look at them when they were and just thought about them, you know. I just wanted to tell myself I was writing or I wanted to see that I have more words. But then my body would stop writing. All of a sudden I'd feel really tired because it knows that I already wrote this and I'm wasting energy. Somehow, like some of the deeper part of the brain, I guess, just knows. Uh, this was already written. Why are you still like writing it again? Other times I'm writing about what I think the concept of creation is and just writing about writing in its own self, you know? So that was like in a way a very strong waste of time. But also I don't regret any of it because I sat down, you know? I sat down with the thing again and again and again and again and again. And now like I took this time to really sit down with the thing and now really committed to staying the next two weeks too and taking the time for this as well uh, and seeing how I want to 
explore these things. So anyways, the tension, something important to, to deal with. I see, I see this as a method of, uh, you know, uh, just exploring really your feelings, these things, uh, looking at the story in that way, seeing how it can explore or it can expand in that way. It's all really lovely. I'm grateful for it. Uh, doing these breathing exercises in the morning, breath retention where you breathe in deeply and really hold it for a very long time and then you let it go for a very long time. They're really like opening up something new inside of me. Um, I'm grateful for being here. I don't want to have the feeling that Ooh, I am not here for so long. I need to be drinking this more often. Or even with the story, I had this feeling like I was really forcing something, you know, to happen. And there's nothing to force, you know. I'm here. There's the pen in my hand. There's the paper. There's my mind. There's me still having to eat, having to meditate, having to feel alive, feel love to these different people. Uh, when I spoke to Johannes, it came to me through him that this consistency of character, when you say you want to disconnect and not disconnect, and then you message people again and again and again. Uh, it's not good for you. I see that it hasn't been good for me. And I don't think it's good for these other people too because you, you're the one who knocks you're the one who then walks away when they open the door or you're the one who closes the door and then still opens for them even though you said you'd lock it and not open it to anyone you know so there's that and when it's different for different people you know it's also tough and confusing i'm very grateful for sitting down and just writing in a notebook the areas in the book where i feel confused about or I don't know what to do with I think I'll read it tonight again look at the points, write a bit more about what I think can be done to expedite this to move it forward to re uh, to reinvigorate this in my head to remove it, you know, around in my head it's a beautiful thing and uh, yeah, lastly I'm grateful for the scenes that I do have, for the writing that I do have. It can be a very, very beautiful book. I'm grateful for the people who can read it for me and give me feed feedback. But also understand that I should be really happy with the progress that I have. And it's a difficult thing inherently, this entire story. Um, I'm not trying to force anything. I'll still continue my life after this, this month, after the next two weeks. And I'll see what comes to me when it does come. And I'll continue to keep trying to find a new, better, new and better way to organize it so that I know how to work with it, you know? And then eventually be able to really hone down on making something gorgeous, you know? And... It's funny that when I had this conversation with the woman about this job, I was really excited. I was thinking like, whoa, this is such a great opportunity. I just checked this application once. I checked it like within half an hour, I had an interview. Within a minute, I had an interview or out of nowhere. And then within half an hour, I had an in-person interview. And if I got this job, it might be a wonderful job, it might not be, I don't know, but uh, I have enough money till February, my visa my visa is continuing till February and after. I have really the time to really, really just mellow myself out into the story, into myself, into my life, even if everything is moving. Just because it's moving doesn't mean that I have to attach to it because I have to attach to, to something. I can still continue to attach to like my own things. 
taking it this time and sacrificing, uh, let's say, an opportunity like that to create an opportunity like this from nothing. I'm creating from nothing but words to create something so much beyond me that can stay forever and be incredible, you know? That's what this is, and it's a risk, and it's, it's a leap of faith. It's all of that. But I think I'm crazy enough and myself enough for it to be what it is, you know? And after this acid trip, you know, you're, you just, uh, it humbles me out. Definitely, it calms me down. It nulls me out. It reminds me, like, there's things I really like doing, things that I really want to learn. And then I just, just go back to a routine and method where I am learning those things. And I am putting the time to really settle with these things I'm learning, make sure that I've learned them, to make sure that they're marinated, really. Marination is a word of the day. To make sure that what you've learned is really in you, and then move on. Um, I wouldn't be doing such a bad job if I just hum myself for the next two hours and then fall asleep after doing some writing. But it's just like this constant burning that says, I should be writing. I should be with, with the notebook and writing. I should be with the notebook and writing. I want to mention yesterday, uh, two things I didn't mention. Yesterday, when I was uh, writing, like this expansion that writing about the mom did for me, to open up this other incredible door for me. And I was writing in that one, two, three, four, five, six pages. <coughs> but I didn't want to continue until... So I wrote for an hour. I have a timer on the laptop I have running um, every time I write. It was an hour and maybe one minute, um, an hour and seven minutes. And I got really hungry. I was like, well, I can make some ramen noodles with eggs and whatever. And I was thinking about food. Let me just write another page and I'll go. I wrote this other page. I was like, then it's, this thought occurred to me that when I go on walks, usually my brain starts generating new ideas that I like, usually after 30 minutes from when I start walking, like really. And... Right now, only an hour and seven minutes or something passed. And I was like, let's see what's going to happen if I let myself write for another, you know, till an hour and a half. So I continued writing because I had it in me to keep writing, even though I was hungry. And then I wrote for an hour and a half. And then, like, so much more started coming. And I kept writing till, like, two hours and a half. So, and I was telling myself, like, Khalid, you eat whenever you eat. You eat always. Uh, it's not a problem, you know, you eat all the fucking time. Uh, you can avoid eating just right now so that you're more alive, you know, so that you're not just in the ground, but you're in the air, you're in that hand of heaven. You, you can, I really still think that abstaining from the things that try to pull you, um, such a powerful thing. So I wrote, for like two hours and a half, almost three hours, and then I stopped. I was like, this is reasonable enough. I ate, the food was really heavy. I don't like it so much. But I had plans at seven. The owner of this lake house just called me out of nowhere, and he's like, Khaled, there's a football game uh, in the stadium. Uh, have you ever been to the stadium? I want to take you. I was like, sure. So at seven, he, came, he comes, he picks me up, we go. And we go to this Polish uh, game. Ends up being 5-0. I, the guy who owns a beauty clinic, uh, plastic surgery clinic, and his clinic owns four seats in the stadium and the table. So we had a buffet, we had drinks, uh, we had, uh, it was me, him, and two of his friends, like older gentlemen, also like really lovely people. So one of them is uh, also my neighbor here. He doesn't live so far. So we have have some food, have a drink or two. I see this uh, French guy who had like really strong facial features. 
I speak to him. I was like, yo, where are you from? He's like, France. Uh, he felt like busy and he wanted to move and stuff. Turns out he's a football agent. I ask him like, who, yo, who's, uh, do you know any publishing agents? Um, writing agents. He's like, uh, no, actually. I'm like, do you have any advice if I wanted to find one? He's like, just uh, send your writing to editing agencies or writing agencies. That's what I would do. I was like, yeah, nice, respect, nice to meet you, man, take care. It turns out he wasn't sitting so far from where I was sitting in the game. I didn't talk to him after. Something about people who make me feel that they're going to leave in a second. Because uh, uh, that's how I felt when I was talking to him. Maybe it's a strategy, maybe. But he seemed like a genuine, humble guy, but just like this, uh, I'm not going to be so in that, you know. But even though, like, if I went and I talked to him, he would have been very pleasant and he would have talked to me really nice, I assume. When I was leaving, I spoke to him and took his contact because it's just how I am. Um, and to me, like, in my head, of course, you know, stay humble and everything, but I do plan on, you know, being very successful in my own field, I guess. So we watched the game 5-0. It was really nice. First football game I watched in my life. Uh, time passed really quickly. The field looked way smaller than uh, how they look on TV. It looked really small, actually. Uh, they played all right. I didn't think it was a crazy game. Uh, but it's funny how people cheer, really. And it's funny how people stand up and like hug each other and shake hands when they score, when their team scores. And everyone's like so happy and the place is so well lit. And everyone has food and drinks like... After the first half, it was like 2-0. And they were all just, uh, everyone was walking in middle break and everyone was just smiling so much. Everyone was so happy. So today I woke up, like I said, 7.30 peed, then 10.30. Meditated, drank a coffee and wrote for almost an hour and a half. 3,300 words. And then I get a phone call right before I finish writing and he, the guy who owns this place again called me he's like yeah this friend of mine the neighbor he has a buggy I'm gonna pick you up in five minutes we're gonna go ride in the buggy uh, can you drive I'm like wait well, what's a buggy he's like buggy we talked about it yesterday I told you I'm gonna come pick you up you, you weren't listening I was like no I don't remember but yeah sure awesome I'll be ready in five I write out the last sentences I drink a bit more of the coffee I I uh, dress, put some nuts in the bag in case. I, I thought we were going to drive like really far. We drove to this guy's place and he's like, uh, go down, ride with him. I met him yesterday and we got along like well. So I went down, still had the bandage around my hand uh, from the game. We cut it together with like this uh, small tool. And then he, give, he gives me, first he gives me a helmet and two gloves. And he has the buggy in his garage. You have to go down a bit of a slide for the garage. And then, like, this is this buggy. It's this, like, uh, car, four-wheel thingy that's made for uh, just rough terrain. It's made for crazy terrain. Uh, small roads and, and nature and, and hills and drops and everything. It's crazy. It took a million pictures and videos. Took a selfie with the guy before we rode into it. I took pictures in it. Everything. Uh, I think it's going to be a hobby of mine. It's really sick. So I get into the, into it with him. Put on the seatbelt. Put on everything. Gloves, helmet. Hold this. Close this. Put it in the, there's a radio in the helmet so you can actually talk to the guy because the engine is so loud and we ride away. We ride maybe five minutes into like this open field not so far from the house and he starts speeding and Ammo, the guy who owns this place, is already there parked and taking a video. We go down and starts drifting and going here, jumping. There's, goes up and then speeds and then drops and he's like how did you hold this i hold the side of the thing and i'm like oh, laughing holy shit you know i keep going out of nowhere i get this call you know i finish the last sentences and i leave uh so we go around go another round we almost flip over but he speeds up and it's fine and he's so fast and rough and then uh almost turn Amo comes in 
he's in, he starts driving, he's like, I didn't drive this in a long time, I'm like, cool, drink some water, and then we drive, he's, he goes a bit fur, far, further, he's like, Khalid, take a video of this, I'm like, sure, I take a video of him, like, speeding straight, and then we go into the truck, like crazy, He gets out, I get in, he's like, Khalid, you know how to drive? I'm like, yeah, sure, I never drove a buggy before, but, you know, I know how to drive. I get in, I'm trying, like, slowly, first I click the, there's a thing on the side that's like headlight, so I'm just, I click it, turns on something, I didn't see anything because it was daylight, and then the guy <laughs> just smiles and turns it off, he's speaking to me in Polish, but somehow out of context, I understand everything he says, and then, um, I write, right? And at the beginning, Amma was next to me. Amma was just like saying, yeah, just, I don't know if you know how to drive. Take it easy. I'm like, sure. I take it a bit easy at the beginning. Uh, I turn, turn to the left and I'm just like <laughs> speeding like crazy, you know, I speed through and then, then like, uh, it comes in. I, I slow down after like we go, cause I, I already rode the, the lap. Uh, five, six times with them. So like, I sort of knew how, how the terrain was. And then I'm, I'm turning quickly. I'm turning and then reaching like a sharp end. I turn sharp before the sharp end so that I don't get caught in the corner and I cut it easily and nice. Uh, and then I finish the first round pretty clean. Maybe I cut a few corners a bit too close, but all you do is end up, you know, driving over a bit more grass, you know, so it's like, you're in this like really safe thing actually. Even if it flips over, it's like it's really safe. You know, it's like really the thing is built to be really safe. I think it's I think genuinely it's really more dangerous for the person, the third person outside who's uh taking a video or something. Like if you hit him. I think I think that's the biggest risk actually. I'm gonna cut and eat an orange. Uh, I think that's for sure the biggest risk, you know, I've I've seen. Um, and yeah, I start riding the second, uh, second time around. I think I took two or three laps, maybe three. Um, the second time around, I'm going on this turn and I'm, I'm, I'm being fast, you know, I'm not being slow. And I was like coffeeed up and like happy I wrote 3,300 words and I'm just going. And then I'm just like taking these turns, doing this shit. Um, I'm taking these turns and then on one of them, I go up the hill and then I'm going down and I get like, it's like two meters away. Like the road is here and I'm maybe half of the car is off the road on some grass, but I'm, I adjust quickly and I'm back on the road and it's fine. But two meters to the right, there's a tree, you know? So I was like, <laughs> I was like, Khalid, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a tree, you're gonna kill us. <laughs> and I just keep going, cause like, you can hear him speak in, in like the microphone in your head. And I just keep going. I keep going, I keep going, and then at the turn, uh, at one turn I turn and I hit the grass a bit strong, you know? Cause I'm turning early. I'm, every time I turn a bit early. So I cut the grass a bit strong. I'm almost like, Khalid, <laughs> you're gonna kill us, you know how to drive. And I'm just going, going, I'm, I think I'm doing a great job, you know? And then I, I reach the end and I park and I'm almost like, Khalas, uh, I'm fine, you know? He leaves, he's like, I'm not gonna ride with you again. <laughs> he's, he's funny. Uh, the dude, he's like genuine and I think like the, the older guys like me, you know, cause you end up being young and having like nice energy. Uh, so then I ride again with, uh, the older guy who owns the buggy and he fucking goes insane. And I think in Polish he jokes that I wouldn't ride with him either. It was a bit crazy. But I don't know. I don't, I don't speak Polish, so I don't know. Uh, then we drive back. Uh, we take the buggy to a washing station that's literally a minute drive away from the field that we were driving in, which is like hyper convenient. The guy puts in 12 minutes pays by credit and then uh, we start washing it and then I'm was like yeah Khaled let me take you home I'm like no no worries uh, he can take me home I'll wait with with him to wash the stuff and then um, we'll, we'll he'll drive me back 
He's like, are you sure it's fine? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Ish, you had fun? I'm like, yeah, for sure I had fun. Thanks for bringing me along. Uh, he's like, you were going to kill us, you know, a few times. I'm like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, um, he leaves. It's awesome. And then, uh, yeah. Uh, he leaves. I stay with the guy fucking hypnotized. Trans, post, I don't know what word to use. But I was, I put my camera on and I just for 12 minutes straight just took, for 7 minutes straight took a video of him washing the car. And then the other minutes just watched. And then 12 minutes finished. First he covered it in soap. It was all mud. I was all mud. I'm still a bit muddy. And then, um, and then, uh, nice. This is one of those longer episodes. Uh, and then, but it's just like my phone battery is going crazy low super quickly. Uh, I'm not using my phone like that crazy much. Um, but I'm grateful because my screen was on this entire time. Maybe that's why battery was lost so quickly. And uh, yeah, glad it kept recording. Anyhow, you can hear that it's recording because of a slight buzz, but uh, yeah. So 12 minutes finish, then he buys under six minutes. He had covered it in soap, and then it's like very high pressure water with air to remove the mud. And I'm just like thinking of nothing, you know. I wanted to ride it a bit more, but he told me he has friends like waiting on him or something, and he does this every weekend, so no worries. I'm like, nice. Um, And he does it, he cleans the car. I start telling him, you missed these spots, you know. He really... He really liked me from yesterday, but he really liked me today as well when I liked his toy so much. He even called it a toy. He's like Spielzeug in German. He speaks a bit of German. He worked with some Germans a lot, and he learned it in school uh, back when he was younger. But he's like, what, like 50, 60? And he's rich, and he has like this toy, really. And I'm just this kid who really enjoyed his toy, you know? Uh, So he really, really appreciated that. I waited with him 20 minutes, we cleaned the car, he drove me to the supermarket, I shook his hand, took a video of him leaving, he left and did some uh, really high engine noises, and he went away and I saw this kid like looking at him in wonder, I went shopping, did my shopping and then walked back home listening to Terence McKenna, I think that's his family name, really lit guy, enlightened soul, I love how he talks, uh, very genuine. Uh, down to earth, you know, but also up there. Uh, he has a very nice way with words. I listened to him on the way back, listened to some other dude a little bit on the way back, listened to an audio story when I got back. I sat in front of my notebooks, like really calm, happy with what I have. Um, and then I made liver or kidney, I think it was liver. And I ate that chicken liver. And I cooked that and ate that by itself, maybe with some nuts. And that just, uh, it's heavy. It's a heavy thing. I was happy I ate it. I hadn't eaten shit all day. I, it was like 5 p.m. I could have continued not eating, you know, or I could have, whatever. But I ate that and it sort of knocks you out. I went upstairs. I downloaded The Sims 4 so that I can, <laughs> I can create the same house that I have in the story that I'm writing, so I actually know how the house looks like, because one of the biggest issues I have with writing it is just that the structure of the house architecturally, uh, I think is very, very often I see it and think it's not so feasible, you know, Um, like in my head, and sometimes the rooms might change where they are, and want to be set on, you know, here's the room, here's the data, I don't want to draw it on a notebook, I want to fucking see it, like, proper. <laughs> so I decided to download The Sims 4 to do exactly that, you know, to create the same house that I have in my mind and see how it would really look like and how it could look like and how it could function, you know, uh, which to me is, uh, is like, hyper-valuable. And I think that's an amazing idea because after I downloaded The Sims 4, I sent a message to Atman, one of my friends, He's an architect, and I sent him a picture of an architectural design blueprint. And I was like, hey, Othman, what program did the person use to make this uh, design? 
And he's like, yo, it's not so easy. You have to use this program and then this program and then probably Illustrator and that program to, to do that. It takes a lot of time. And uh, yeah, it's just tough. And I didn't reply to him because I already had the Sims 4. <laughs> I was like, that is just such a fucking brilliant idea. So I just want to sit with that at some point soon and build that place. Uh, um, imagine, I don't know what other writer has done this, but I think that's like really brilliant. But anyways, I spent two hours uh, really down listening to the story. It's not the most positive story, I guess. So that's maybe a bit bringing me down. And then I wanted to continue the momentum of the high that I was on. I wrote 3,300 words and then I went uh, on a boogie and I wrote that like a fucking crazy person. And then I came back home after shopping and then it was just a bit low. I was on coffee in the morning and stuff, but I, I'm not sure how I, I think I wouldn't have had this low if I ate an orange earlier, because I think after just eating something so dense, and not balancing it out a few hours with something in a few hours after with something light, like an orange, um, just keeps you down. One of the things I did notice uh, the other day was I was sitting to write and I was thinking like, oh, why don't I have the energy to write? This is so hopeless. This is such a hopeless case. Uh, and then I remembered I didn't eat for the last six hours. And that's definitely why I don't have energy. It's just because I don't have food. And then I ate and then sat down and then I had the energy to like sit with my writing again. I was like, <laughs> you know, before thinking that it's uh, a hopeless case that you already spent a few hundred hours on, you know, it's like, it's probably just uh, your belly. Got to put something good in it. So I've been eating uh, more mindful lately. Uh, I haven't eaten anything as heavy as liver in a long ass time, but... Uh, I've been eating much lighter, more oats, uh, never more than two eggs at a time, very rarely three, and with a decent amount of oil, but always with nuts and other things on the side, like that always uh, gets it right, you know, like the nuts add the extra umph that you need. I'm using uh, flax seed, I think it's flax seed, uh, it's called Pestkiedini in Polish. I think that's how you say it, and could very well be wrong. Um, and then almonds, and sometimes walnuts. But oats are the champion. Um, I noticed that uh, mango, like the mangoes here in Poland, are tastier than in Germany, like way tastier. So I have like four mangoes in, in my in my fridge. I also have like a huge smoothie thing. I should have drank the smoothie thing maybe a bit earlier. But yeah, like the last hour, I've just been thinking how I really feel like I want to get back to writing after playing The Sims a bit like warming up and getting to know how this game works. Helping me see like what can happen in this damn story. It's a really nice orange. Um, so I'm listening to a story called The Firm, which is about the lawyer who gets um, in league with the mafia by accident. He joins a law firm that's the mafia. And then look how that turns out. It's an interesting story. It's all right. Uh, something about listening to words and how they open up to how something is, how they build on information by telling you stuff, helps me write in general. Whenever I read a book, I end up writing 3,000, 4,000 words after in one sitting, you know. Every time I finish reading a good book, it brings that out of me, like uh, a good session of writing. Um, and yeah, it's lovely here. I'm glad I committed for another two weeks. And then I committed again to doing Vipassana for 10 days and then told my aunt that maybe I'll stay at hers for a month even. Because over there, I can really also focus on writing really well. Um, I don't know if I'm missing out on anything in Berlin. I don't care so much. I just want to finish this damn story. Uh, come back, spend time learning stuff as I finish the story, actually, when I, can't, when I leave this place. I want to get back into a learning routine. And then... Um, uh, go to my aunt and, and do that. 
something about um, learning, something about writing. It's like I, I, some days here I clocked seven hours of writing, other days three, other days three, and then a lot of reading or a lot of uh, thinking, uh, whatever. But I see like it's not something you can really, really do all day, like genuinely. Uh, doesn't work like with this um, unless like the the muse has hit and the creative spirit has has ridden you and you let that shit uh, ride you uh, till kingdom come sure but otherwise I don't think uh, it's something like how a business entrepreneur guy can hustle and be like I have to work 18 hours a day if you do four hours three hours even of, of solid writing in a day, you've already done fucking great. Um, it's such a... Like, I wrote what I wrote today, and I'm proud of it, and I like it. And then yesterday, I had some writing sessions as well. But, uh, yeah, I kept on trying to come back into the high today or to be calm with it and I ended up fighting with myself a lot but I did enjoy the audiobook I enjoyed another breathing meditation I'm here and now I do this and I don't think it's ever a mistake to do this yeah I think that's a lot of what's up glad I did it I'm grateful for it and uh to slowly be more in tune with my mind and body and from that be more in tune with the creations that can come out of that balance right to marinate is the word of the day it's a lovely place here I'll miss it and I'm grateful I'm here and I'll enjoy it as I'm here I won't be it's just a really nice view somehow you want to drink it <laughs> You can't really drink it, right? I hope to see it all one day. Take care, everyone. Oh, thanks for listening.